plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Cardinals, your daily podcast on the Arizona Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into your Thursday edition of Locked On Cardinals. I'm your host and all-around Arizona sports expert, Gavin Shaw. Since moving to the Valley three years ago for college, I've covered the Phoenix Suns in addition to just about every Arizona State team imaginable. But I dropped it all to bring you the best and brightest on the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to start off this podcast by apologizing for the fact that we haven't been giving you the podcast five days a week over the last couple of weeks. Uh, It was my finals week, so stressful, uh, a lot of other things going on. And we're going to try and get back on the wagon this week. I am back home. We're bringing you this podcast from New York City. So maybe getting out of the uh, general Cardinals area will give us a fresher perspective and some new insights onto the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to start off with some positive news. Uh, The New York Times has a playoff simulator. They give the Arizona Cardinals an 88% chance of making the playoffs if they win out, a 9% chance. If they go 3-1 and one with a loss to the Seattle Seahawks, that would leave them at 8-7-1. and one. Though incredibly unlikely in that scenario, they make the playoffs. The Cardinals likely have to win out. I'm, I'm not sure if I would personally put it quite at 88%. I think uh, the rest of the top of the NFC is going to finish pretty strong and potentially create a scenario where the Cardinals could win out and still not get in. I also don't think the Cardinals are going to win out. But the possibility remains alive for all the journalists out there. Uh, such as myself, uh, telling you that there is no way the Cardinals are going to be in the postseason. Uh, Steve Keim, he told Arizona Sports earlier this week that he wasn't happy with uh, how punter Drew Butler was performing. He said the position would be evaluated. He'd see if they could find someone better. They think they did. They think they saw that guy two games ago. If uh, anyone who watched that Falcons game remembers, they had a backup punter in the game by the name of Matt Weil. He's a rookie out of Michigan. He punted twice because the Cardinals defense didn't play very well so they only needed to punt twice averaged 58 yards a punt on those two punts which is well ahead of Drew Butler who has consistently been under 40 for the entirety of this season so they brought Weil in but the the issue is Weil has never held before and Bruce Arians is one of 31 coaches in this league Uh, the San Diego Chargers are the only team who has a quarterback hold that uh, prefer their punter to be the holder so they, it's something that um, they believe Weil absolutely needs to get down. Arians is like again and again and again emphasized that that's something that's necessary if Weil wants to take the position. So it's something he's going to learn. He's never done it in his life. In the meantime, uh, Drew Butler will continue to be the punter. Uh, Marcus Golden, someone who is considered uh, potentially out for next week, Uh Kyle Odegaard, a reporter for the Cardinals team site, said that uh, Golden was incredibly insistent with him that he was going to play this week against the Miami Dolphins. Tyron Matthew, on the other hand, still dealing with that shoulder injury, Odegaard says is less likely to play. Uh, John Brown, still 
still dealing with a sickle cell trait. It was pretty obvious over the last couple of weeks he wasn't all that close to 100%. Uh, Arian says from this point going forward, going to be limited to about 20 snaps per game. I think that's probably the right decision. Clearly not operating at 100% when he plays more than that. Probably not operating under 100% at 100% regardless. So he's going to have a chance to play less and maybe go harder for those 20 snaps and really kind of maximize his time on the field. And then hopefully you're getting someone better and more importantly, better conditioned when they are on the field for their, for the 50, 60 other snaps of the game. Uh, Carson Palmer on David Johnson. This is going to turn to the David Johnson show for a little bit because he had another great week and he is on track for a lot of honors because of it. Uh, Carson Palmer came out and said, I think he's the best player in the NFL point blank. Uh, that was an argument that was uh, confirmed when uh, the NFC named him their player of the week. Uh, Johnson still leads the NFL in all-purpose yards at this point. He's over 100 up on Ezekiel Elliott. He's nearly 300 up on third place Melvin Gordon, and by proxy nearly 300 up, or at least 300 up, on the rest of the league. So pretty incredible for David Johnson. Not only has he been the best running back in the league, there's only one other player that's even been close to his performance in. You can argue that player is playing with a significantly better offensive line. I don't even think it's much of an argument. I think it's pretty obvious. So the fact that Johnson is doing what he's doing in that context is pretty incredible. And of course, the all-purpose yards also take into account Johnson's work as a receiver. And he has been used there frequently. He's run 408 passing routes this season, according to ESPN reporter Josh Weinfist. That is more than Brandon Marshall, who's run 404, more than Demarius Thomas, who's run 403, and probably the most surprising one to me, even though he's been a little bit beat up, more than Julio Jones, who's run 391. So David Johnson, an absolute workhorse for this Cardinals team, and it is showing up. Johnson needs only one more rushing touchdown to join Gale Sayers, one of the legends of the game, as the only players in NFL history with 20-plus rushing touchdowns, five-plus receiving touchdowns, a kickoff return touchdown in his first two seasons. That according to uh, NFL uh, communications worker Randall Liu. So DJ, second season ever, already joining one of the greats. Mike Jarecki, uh the reporter for Fox Sports, uh, talking about how Carson Palmer has done targeting his two favorite guys in this offense, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson against the card. Excuse me, against the Redskins, the duo saw a combined 25 targets. On those 25 targets, Palmer completed 20, per, 20 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. So it's pretty obvious at this point that when he goes in the direction of those two guys, good things happen. Not breaking any news there, but just the, the sheer percentage of it, that's an 80% completion rate going to Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson against the Washington Redskins. As far as the Cardinals injury report, uh, John Brown not practicing yesterday due to uh, sickle cell, as we've discussed. Larry Fitzgerald getting his uh, veterans day off that we talked about a bunch last week and questioned whether or not it was totally a good thing that Bruce Arians does that just given the fact that it often looks like guys on this team aren't practicing on game days that being said that issue not really apparent with Fitzgerald who game in and game out seems to show up Marcus Golden we just told you he expects to play he was out with a hamstring on Wednesday Tyron Matthews still out with a shoulder Carson Palmer getting his day off Frosty Rucker getting his day off Therald Simon didn't participate with a knee the players that were 
um, limited. Justin Bethel with a foot slash knee injury. Robert Kim Dice with an elbow. Corey Peters, the defensive tackle, who had one of his better games against the Redskins. Patrick Peterson with a knee injury. On the Miami side, a couple of important injuries. Uh, Kiko Alonso, one of their best linebackers, dealing with a hand and a hamstring injury. Jarvis Landry got the day off. He's kind of been uh, in and out during practice over the last few weeks. Hasn't played his best football over the last few weeks, as uh, the multiple fantasy football teams I have him on can attest to. Mike Pouncey, one of the best offensive linemen in all of football, their center, dealing with a hip injury. He didn't participate. Other guys who were limited, uh, Brendan Albert, Devontae Parker, who's really come onto the scene the last couple of weeks, uh, former number one pick, Mario Williams. Those are the three main guys I see on this injury report. So some significant injuries for the Dolphins, some significant ones for the Cardinals. It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out on game day. Uh, to finish up this podcast, a slightly abbreviated version of the podcast, I want to take uh, two Reddit mailbag questions. You ask them. You don't ask them to me. I take them. I answer them. That's how the made-up mailbag works. All right. From username 873703, first of all, let me just commend you on your creativity, username 873703. It just uh, I've never seen that one before. It's truly an original. All right. Question is, assuming any promising QBs are off the table for the first round, given our likely mid-first round status, what would you think of getting Christian McCaffrey as our backup to David Johnson? So I want to look at this from a couple of different perspectives. The initial reaction on Reddit was kind of outrage and saying this is kind of utter stupidity. You have probably, if not the best running back in football, one of the three to five best running backs in football, and a guy who's proven himself capable of taking on an extremely heavy workload, a workload that most NFL running backs in 2016 um, don't necessarily handle. So you have this guy uniquely built to kind of handle it and you're thinking of taking another running back when this season is borne out that there's a lot of other pretty significant needs on this team but there is upside to taking McCaffrey and not necessarily in that spot I'd advocate trading back if they were going to go for him I think he's someone who's projected near the end of the first round I also think he's someone who could rise up throughout the draft process as I I think the bigger names in college football usually tend to do as well as they te- as long as they test well and I think McCaffrey is someone who's going to test extraordinarily well he uh set the all-time all-purpose yardage record uh in a season last year despite being uh cheated out of the Heisman Trophy shout out to East Coast Bias uh, that I am now a part of that I'm doing this podcast in New York City uh but arguably uh, his coach who also slightly biased probably called it the best season in college football history so he's someone who's proven at the highest level he could play at that he might be the best guy in the sport we've ever seen and that sounds hyperbolic but he's had the numbers to back it up and is someone who 100 percent passes the uh eye test i don't i don't really want to get into race here i know there were people on reddit throwing out the old uh, white running back how many white running backs have succeeded in the nfl in uh, recent years, I'd want to yell uh, Peyton Hillis in your face if he wasn't uh, such a spectacular failure uh, after that first excellent season. Uh, McCaffrey's different. He's just he's an incredibly talented player. I don't think you should ever base this stuff on race. I think you should just look at the tape, see how good of a guy he is, and it's pretty obvious that he is a mid-to-high first-round talent. The question is all about fit, and I think there's a number of different ways you can use him. Uh, the, the first obvious advantage is just as a change of pace to Johnson and someone who can prolong Johnson's career. 
And, and we, we've seen this time and time again, even with the true freaks of the sport like Adrian Peterson, running backs have a shelf life. Past a certain age, past a certain number of seasons, you're just not going to get the same production from them. And they think David Johnson is the exception to that rule when we've seen it again and again and again with running backs is, is frankly dumb. You have to have a guy that can take some of these carries that can limit them to maybe no more than 22 touches a game. David Johnson over his last seven games has been averaging around 30 touches a game. That's not sustainable over a long period of time. It's great now when he's in his second year, he's in his athletic prime. You can pull that off. You cannot pull that off long term. McCaffrey's the guy who could come in, do a lot of the same stuff, do a lot of the same stuff on a similar level. You, you don't want to just call a guy as good as David Johnson, even someone as talented as McCaffrey, because Johnson's one of the couple of best running backs in all of football. But McCaffrey's someone who theoretically has that type of upside. Another way you can use him, uh, the Patriots recently have been experimenting with a, f- a formation where they have three receivers out wide, uh, two running backs in the backfield, Deion Lewis, James White. You try that on the Cardinals, obviously not the same talent at quarterback, but you try that with David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey instead of Deion Lewis, who I think is very good, and James White, who I think is very average. You have a lot more talent at those two spots, and I frankly don't really see how you stop those two running routes out of the backfield with a linebacker having to guard one of them. It just doesn't really seem like it's all that plausible. So I really think McCaffrey could be a Swiss Army knife for this offense and one that can really push it to a new high. All right, uh, second question. What happened to Brandon Williams? Gnarly old goat dude. Um, Also, super cool name. This one, actually, pretty original. Uh, He was, I I think it's worth remembering, and I think expectations got really high because he played that first week against the Patriots, and he started that first week against the Patriots and didn't, didn't look very good. I, I, think, I think expectations were too high, and it was kind of setting him up to fail. Remember, this guy was a converted running back, started off at the University of Oklahoma, uh, horns down, switched to Texas A&M, only played a year or two of defensive back in college, and was simply drafted because he's an incredible athlete, and Steve Kime saw something in him that suggested that down the road he could be really, really good. But the expectation was that, like, like DJ Humphreys, like, what seems to be happening with Robert Kamdiche, he was going to take a redshirt year, he was going to learn the position, and he was going to get better. He was never really meant to play this year and play this year at a high level, so I'm perfectly fine with him sitting out the season. I still believe he's someone who can be really good and can really help this Cardinals organization in the future. I remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you want to find it online. It is on audioboom.com. Just look up Locked On Cardinals on there. I highly encourage you to check out the entirety of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, fastest-growing audio sports network in the entire country. Our uh, overlord, David Locke, had two pretty good ones in the past week. Had uh, Chris Ballard of Sports Illustrated on to talk about his piece with Sam Hinkie. In addition to that, he just did one with an anonymous NBA coach giving you his takes from around the league. So if you're a basketball fan, highly encourage you to check that one out. Uh, Locked on NFL, also running strong and producing really good content. You can listen walking your dog. You can listen with your family if you want to ignore them and probably get divorced. Um, You can listen on your way home from work. There's so many places to listen. And that's the whole point. It's your team every day in a short, compact form. Uh, We will likely be back tomorrow, if not on Saturday, uh, to preview the Cardinals game against the Dolphins. Until then, be well. Talk to you soon. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. 
I pronounce you by wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.